0: Hey, don't forget, next Sunday at 9.30 is our fifth Sunday. All right? Nine th- don't show up at 8 o'clock and get mad. 9.30, as they say. Not 30, 30. 9.30. 9.30 is worship next week. We're going to have fifth Sunday. I pray you come relax. We could go outside. Uh, I know, I know, it's been like hot, hot. That's why I keep telling people if you... If you don't want, if you don't like August right now, except, well, this summer right now, you don't want to go to hell. If it's too hot right now, why go to hell? You know what I mean? You want to go to heaven. This should inspire you to want to go to heaven. It's 930. We're going to have different things inside. We're going to try to make it uh, where it's as inside as possible. So uh, come on, relax, and let's just, we want to get back to who we are. There's two main things that we are, love and truth. COVID has messed that up. Uh, We want to get back to that. Uh, I'll get out of my uh, clothes and come in there and we just hang out and fellowship. Um, Years ago, we used to play basketball and stuff, but now we use it for a fellowship thing back there. But we just want you to come out. So come out, relax, and, uh, and let's just have some time together. Now, since God has given us some space in here, we could do it. We could do it. All right? Let's look at Judges chapter 4. We're going to read selected verses because I, um, uh, this, is, this message goes through this chapter. So we're going to expedite this as efficiently as Paul Cannings can. <laughs> In verse 5, it's, uh, verse 3 says, And the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, for the, they had 900 iron chariots, iron chariots, and he oppressed the sons of Israel severely for 20 years. That's the, that's the king Hazar. And then it says in verse, in verse 4, it says, Now Deborah the prophetess, the wife of Lebedonth, um was judging Israel at that time She used to sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramoth and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now go down to verse 8. And then Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor will not be yours. On the journey that you are about to take, the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman. Then Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Now let's go down to verse 21. And Jael had Heber's hammer in her hand and went secretly to him and drove the peg into his temple. And it went through into the ground. And he was sound asleep and exhausted, so he died. Well, that's, uh, you don't want to make that woman mad. Let us pray. <laughs> Dear God, we thank you so much for this time, Lord, that we learn what you're teaching us as we conclude this series on family and singles and marriage. And God, we pray that um, the very thing you created first, we will take serious. And that is a single person. And then marriage. But God no matter what this world puts on us. No matter what it does to us. Help us to be serious where you're serious. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. What does a woman do. When her husband is passive. What does a woman do. When her husband is passive. What does a woman do when Satan is coming through the door in their home and Adam ain't saying nothing at the tree and he has all the information. He's at the tree, has all the information. He is the one supposed to wash his wife with the word, but he don't say nothing, and Satan is in the house. He came in the garden. So he's in the house what do you do when you don't have a strong leader in the home how do you operate as a woman how do you operate in such a way that you don't take over leadership but you keep satan out the house how do you do that you know i had a dog when i was growing up the dog's name is nippy it's the only dog I ever had because the only dog I could, we ever talked our dad into ever getting for us was this dog, Nippy. Well, I trained Nippy to be a bully because I had bullies on my back, okay? So my brother, who's into sports and all that, when he's at the the neighborhood, they didn't bother me. He's 6'5", and they didn't bother me. But when he's not around, for some reason, they picked on me. I got no idea why they pick on me, but they pick on me. But they couldn't catch me because I was the fastest kid in the neighborhood. I asked Tony Evans. He, tra- he came, found that out, and tried to run with me. He beat me, and he keeps bringing that up. I said, I was 12, you were 18, and you barely beat me. So what does that say about you, not me? So we go back and forth over that for years. But I was the fastest kid, so they couldn't catch me. But I decided I'm going to train Nippy to protect me because that way I can walk the neighborhood like I own it. And sure enough, I trained Nippy. I figured out how to train a dog to become your protector, your guardian. And I figured it out. At 12, 13, I don't know how. I just figured it out. So Nippy, when I walk him, I would walk him. But after a while, Nippy walked me. And I would be fighting with this dog. And he'd be just fighting. I literally changed the leash to see if I can control him better. And many times my friends would just sit there and laugh at me. <laughs> I said, okay, keep laughing. You know, and Nippy would just be just, I'm literally fighting to keep Nippy there. But when I jerked him a few times, he would come and walk beside of me. Next minute he's gone. Next minute I jerk him. But Nippy knew who fed him. Nippy wasn't no dummy dog. He was a smart dog. So if I say, Nippy, stop, he would stop. Why? He understood that at the end of the day, this little 12-year-old, if I'm this short, could you imagine how short I was? This little 12-year-old ran this dog. And this dog respected that, but he always was my guard dog. So when when these big kids, for some reason, come at me, Nippy would just stand next to me. He never moved. he just stand there. And they knew Nippy would come after them because when they came close, he was already gone. So they didn't mess with me. I was having a party going down the street. <laughs> I did. I had no trouble going down the street. And, I, and my mouth got the best of me many times because I would look at them and say, what you going to say now? You have anything else to say about this right now? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so my brother always just say, man, if you're going to pick a fight, why don't you just pick a fight when I'm there? But I sometimes I did. I would say, Nippy, standing right here, hey, you got something to say today? I just wanted to know if you have something to say today. And my Nippy just standing looking at them like, I got this. He's sitting down next to my legs I'm like, I got this. And I say, you ready? Let's fight. No, man, you got that dog today. Oh, you recognize. So a part of it is my mouth uh, teaching folks. But at the end of the day, Nippy understood when to lead and when to follow. Because Nippy understood the structure that he was trained to. How does a woman lead when she needs to lead in a home? And sometimes the husband is passive. And how does she know when to follow when to lead. That's what we actually learn from Deborah. What we learn from Deborah is how do you order God order your steps so that He can train you the way He wants to train you, but yet you don't come outside the structure like a Sarah. Like a Sarah who gets outside the structure, and to today these people are fighting one another. How do you not become Miriam? Who was right? What Miriam is saying is right. Is that wrong? But she stepped outside the structure of God, and she paid a price. So how do you function as a woman, as a single woman in a home with a single parent, single parenting, and how do you lead a young man that is now 17, 18, taller than you, talking to you crazy? How do you operate in that structure? So I want to end the series not just talking about the structure, singleness, but how do we talk about it when it's not functionally going well? So let's take a look at Deborah. It's not functionally going well. And Deborah would teach us this first thing. There's times in your life you have to step up. So the first thing we have to look at is who's this woman Deborah? How do you step up? When, when do you know to step up and when you know to stand still? How, how do God teach us that? Now and understand, Deborah already stepped up before Barak showed up. Please understand that. Deborah was in a situation, please understand, she was in a situation where Deborah was dealing with 20 years of harassment by by Hazar. She she was dealing with a 20-year relationship that was brutal. The people literally didn't even go on the streets. Deborah stayed in the main street, stayed sitting out there because it's 160 years after Joshua. And she's sitting there, and they're under this oppression by this man who was brutal and severe. And she, with the people looking for leaders, they can't find one. And so they're trying to figure out how to make decisions based on the laws of God. Deborah stood up and decided to teach them the will of God. But she's doing it so faithful, so committed. She's a married woman, so you can't say she's not a married woman. This is a married woman doing this. You tell her husband, is listed at the top of the chapter. So she's not violating, she's not like she's a single woman doing this. She's a married woman following leadership. There was a hole in Israel. There was not a person leading Israel and there were no people telling the people what to do. By the time you get to the end of the book of Judges, people were doing what was right in their own eyes. Whatever makes sense to them, that's what they were doing. So Deborah is sitting up here in a main place and she's not in the Jerusalem. She's not in the place of Shiloh where they would have the ark written. She's making sure she's under an oak tree and she stays there so much, so often that they call it the tree of Deborah. Because she's there so often, which means she's at home serving, she's at the tree serving, she's taking care of her family, but she's taking care of Israel in a time when Israel doesn't have a leader. They don't have a leader. Matter of fact, God talks about this in Isaiah chapter 3 verse 12. He talks about the fact that you wouldn't listen to me, so I will send a woman and I will cause her to teach you and work with you like you're a child. It's literally what he's saying. Because you choose not to operate the way you know you're supposed to. You've been given the laws, you've been written the laws by Moses. They've kept them and took them into the promised land. You have them available. You have a rich history. You wouldn't even be in the promised land if it wasn't for me. You wouldn't be in the promised land if I didn't bring you through the walls of Jericho. I established all of this for you. You have a history. It's 160 years old. But yet, what you would you do? You would turn away and do things your way. All of the men are doing what they're gonna do. It was such a severe time that they really don't. even have any weapons to fight the war. They don't weapons. They don't weapons. The weaponry was low when they go out to fight. So they were so intimidated by their enemy, it made them just function in fear rather than in faith. And God raises up this woman who he didn't only bless to be a judge, he blessed her to be a prophetess. Which means she would teach the people not just solve their problems. And she did it with such integrity, they looked to her to lead. They looked to her to lead. Because it was a passive situation, the woman became necessary that she stepped up to save a nation. So Deborah stepped up, and we can't say that Deborah is stepping up as a single woman, so she's on her own doing her thing. No, 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 no. Deborah's going to show us how do you step up in the orders of God and take a chaotic situation and make it productive. In spite of the fact that God is saying as a married woman, you sit on your husband. If If the men aren't leading, guess what her husband isn't doing? He's not leading either. He's not leading. So this woman is left with this gap in her home. Understand, folks, that's how many homes operate. There are many men that say this constant statement, go to your mother, go to your mother, go to your mother. If you say that to a child forever and forever and forever, guess what the child does? Go to the mother. Guess who the child looks to for leadership? Mother, right? Who does the child marry? Somebody who is like mother so that the child ends up looking to mother, and so the child ends up coming into the the marriage that they're in as a passive leader. So then what you have is women who are saying, I'm trying to follow my husband, he doesn't do devotions. I'm trying to follow my husband, but guess what? Most of the decisions on the money, I make them. I'm trying to follow my husband, but guess what he does? Work, come home, eat, turn on the TV and put a hole in the couch. So there's stuff to do. There's dishes to wash. There's kids got pro- they got projects to finish. All these different things. I never forget growing up, and my mother would say, if you're not going to teach our kids devotions, I will. And the person who taught us devotions and discipled us in the home was my mother, not my father. That's so why people always will say, hey, the best teacher of my life is who? And they think of Dallas Seminary. I said, no, the best teacher of my life ever, 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 is my mother. She's the best teacher I ever had. He said, no, 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 man. You're saying nice because it's your mama. I'm telling you, every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, she gathered eight kids on a bed and she taught them the scriptures. And she was the one who made her husband, who's an elder at the church, do devotions on Sunday morning. It was my mother. I saw this vividly. I saw the benefits of it vividly in eight kids that have grown up to serve, her, serve God faithfully. Because of a faithful mother who would respect her husband. Let me show you how tough that was. I remember the day my dad retired. And I walk in the house. And my mom is in the kitchen cooking. She puts, this, puts a little tray in front of him. God, my dad going to look at some TV. Okay? You know not to take the control without asking. You're in trouble. So my, I I went, I went in the house. I go, Mom, go in the kitchen. Mom. Mom, dad is retired now. Why are you cooking for him? She looked at me. She goes, I'm a husband of eight children. Shut up. <laughs> In other words, I'm going to take care of this man who took care of his family, who is my dad, was uh, elder the church, came home, made, taught me discipline, taught me integrity, taught me a lot of things as a father. So she's saying, this man provided for eight kids, took care of eight kids, and I'm going to bless him. So get out of my kitchen. <laughs> okay, you knew, you knew to respect my mom the minute she says something like that. You stepped out the kitchen. <laughs> she says, boy, come back here, but don't ever tell me that again. So it's not a woman who led but didn't accept the structure. She led, but she did. And I'm standing here today because of her. Now, now, now understand, there's a process here. That goes through, that women need to learn so that they don't violate a structure. And when they violate a structure, then they're like Miriam, who is sent outside the camp. Or like Sarah, that create two nations that fight one another to today. So how do we do that? Here's how he teaches us. Here's the first thing we learn. Is the first thing we learn in this passage of scripture is that in spite, she never violated the structure. She never violated the structure. She doesn't go to Jerusalem to set up her tree. She doesn't go to Shiloh to set up her tree. She sets it up in a main place, a main place where the people could come and go, and she serves them faithfully every day. And here's another thing. She never walks away from the scriptures. She doesn't. She never violates scriptures. That's what got her into leadership. It's when, when the, what kept her in leadership is not who she was or education or whatever, what kept her in leadership is that the people weren't serving God, they weren't committed to God, they weren't committed to obey God, and she was. And because she was or because she stayed focused that way, God asserted her to be leaders because the people weren't listening. So leadership is not something a person just takes because this is just what I got to do and it's just important to do or this house ain't going to be the way it needs to be because that could be a house the way you think it needs to be. Leadership is when a person says, my eight kids need to know the scriptures. I need to teach them the scriptures. And I got to find a way to do it while they're young. And I'm going to get it done. Leadership is keeping the word of God alive in the home. That's what she teaches us. How do I keep what God wants in this house from being violated? Don't forget, Ananias and Sophia. What does she do? Listen to a husband who was violating the word of God and how dead was she with him. Dead, dead. Okay? So when, when a person follows the husband and he's not following God, then you got an issue. That's why the Bible says a single woman in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32, verse 35, he says to her, devote yourself to God. Why? When she gets married, she knows what God is saying and what He is saying. If, if He is saying stuff God is saying, he, God is not saying to submit to Him. He's saying, submit to Him as you did to God. So that's why being a single woman and being committed to do what God says and to serve God and to get your life in tune with God is critical to knowing who to marry and how to be married. She stood here. She's holding to the Word of God. She's not violating the Word of God. That's something that was critical to us. Her faithful service had everything to do with how she's elevated. That's the second thing you see. The people, look at verse verse 5. The people, she sat under the palm tree of Deborah, that's what I literally named it after her because she was faithfully serving God, between Remeth and Bethel, because Bethel is where the temple was, to, to, to where, the, uh, the, where the historically Abraham came, set up an ark, all those things is at Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the sons of Israel came to her for judgment. What did she start doing? She gained what? Respect. Many times it's hard for men to follow a woman who is not committed to God and does it in a respectful manner. When a woman has a bad attitude about the fact that stuff is wrong at the house, the man wants to fight. He doesn't want to respect. He wants to fight back. Why? Men are designed to go to war. So all you're doing is starting up the war you're in the man. Now you want to know why he's warring, because that's what he's supposed to do as a warrior, to go out and protect, to fight, to protect his family. So all you do is stir it up. That's why somebody tackles somebody in a football field, and then they talk about them. A, a guy got a slam dunk, and then talk about you. It's like, it's a war. It's not a game. Because they're designed to war. That's why a man is naturally, physically stronger than a woman, to go to work and to go to war. So when a woman starts to fight a man, if he got any fight in him, he's going to fight back. But then a woman decides to be faithful to God and respectful to God, surrender herself to God, to serve God the way she's serving God. The man gains respect for her. And when he gains respect for her, it's easy for him to submit to her at times when it's positive for the family. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. But some women, their attitude is so bad that the man wants to fight back. Because, it, well, you, you know you know what you're doing. You half-baked anyway, all these crazy things. You don't tell a man that. If a man don't talk back to you after that, you better check his pulse. But some women talk to their husband bad. Then they expect a the man to come to them and go, yes, ma'am. No, he's going to go, well, whatever. But he will come to the bedroom. Looking for some honey. (laughs) It got quiet right there. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) Now look at verse 15 of chapter 5. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of your time, for the days are evil, so that do not be foolish and understand the will of God, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. When people are filled with the Spirit, look at verse 21 and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. In the fear of Christ. So when you have a woman that is functioning in the fear of Christ, walking in the fear of Christ, living in the fear of Christ, submission is to one another. Why does he tell the woman to submit to the husband in verse 22 and on? Why does he tell her that? Because look at verse 3. But immorality, impurities, greed, must not be even be named among you, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk and coarse jesting and all that fitting. But rather giving thanks. But this, but. This you know with certainty that no immoral, impure person, covetous, and in, in, in idolatry inherit the kingdom. Will not experience the Holy Spirit working in their life. This means inherit the kingdom of God is experiencing the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. Ephesians chapter four, chapter one, verse fourteen would say. He said. So he goes on to talk about don't 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 use empty words. So because of this, he says, get in the Spirit. But if you're not in the spirit because all these crazy things are happening, submit to one another. And that's why when a woman chooses to walk like Deborah did, it is easy for the husband to come alongside because she's functioning in the spirit of God. And God will illuminate the Bible as illumination as the man because the Bible is never saying the woman can't learn like the man can. The Bible is never saying that. So the woman can. The man learns to respect her. The man learns to walk with her. And when she is, things are tough, he would listen to her. But when the woman is going off at the mouth, the Bible is saying, Come under your husband. What did Eve do? Go off at the mouth. And we st- studied it last week. Well, it's quiet today. I'm preaching. <laughs> so understand, understand, what you find in here with this woman is a respectable woman who was respectable to God. I always tell guys, marry that woman. I don't care if she's a 36-26 or a 36-56. Marry that kind of woman because you'll find a wife in her. And that's why he says this. That's why he says this. He says this. He says in, go back to Judges chapter 4. He says, so Deborah gained what? Respect. Deborah gained such respect that everybody came to her. Not a few people everybody started coming to her. Everybody started looking at Deborah because she gained a high level of respect for her character, her faithfulness to God, her willingness to serve God, and never changing what God says no matter what that did to her. And she wasn't private about her service to God. She was on a busy highway serving God no matter how Hazar could have been ugly through his lieutenant, to his, to his captain, Jabin. It doesn't matter. God wants me to help these people be, do well, so I'm going to keep working hard to do well. And the people saw her courage, saw her leadership, saw her commitment, and guess what they did? They all came to her. So she gained what? Respect. She gained respect. She gained respect. Up to today, I would talk about the woman who my mom introduced me to to teach me sister Clark I used to pray that woman don't show up to class how do you pray that to God as a 13 year old no 12 God she's late I pray she don't come today because I want to go home and play cricket with my friends I say, it's, it's God listen to some crazy prayers don't he but sure enough sister Clark would walk to church with a huge umbrella. I mean, this thing was huge. You could live up under that thing. It was huge. And she'd come walking. And she would find this one kid. It was supposed to be four of us. She'd find one kid. And she would sit down there. i never forget her sitting opposite to me. And she said, no, this is how you look for it. Notice how you find it. You ain't got to know every book in the Bible. Just just go to the table of content. You'll learn it eventually. Don't stress this. Let's just keep doing it. And she kept teaching me and teaching me and teaching me and teaching me every Sunday. One day I saw her riding a bicycle. We used to call them the duck belly bicycles. Y'all don't know nothing about that in America. But the, 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 instead of having a bar coming down, it came like a half circle. And we would call it a duck belly bicycle. Okay, so the women can get on without messing up their dress or their stockings in them days. And she would ride her bike. And this woman was 60-something years old. She would ride her bike to teach this kid that keeps showing up at first because his mother made him. I liked liked the whole process because I get to eat first ahead of everybody. Paul, get to the table. You need to eat first to get to Sister Clark. So I got all the food I wanted. (laughs) I liked the whole process. But eventually, I wanted to go listen to Sister Clark. And that woman discipled me at the age of 12. And she kept discipling me. And she kept showing up. And eventually, I was the only kid there. And eventually, she'll say, today, we answer your questions. I started learning discipleship with that woman. And I see her in church and hug her and run off. Because I started to fall in love with the kind of respect she gained in my heart. So women, when they function within their roles, can impact people greater than they would ever know. I stand here today because of another woman, my wife. You don't hear much from her. If I ask her to do anything, she wants to do it CIA. But at the end of the day, When I came home late, on the bed, she's with Pierre and Paul, teaching them the scriptures. I could go through a litany of things. But they did it with a commitment to God, a respect for his word, a surrender of their life to God. And there you see the product. Because who produces the product? God. But so many times women are fighting the, I got to listen to this man. You make the man the object rather than God the priority. Your family the priority. Listen to this. She could have made everybody the priority because she runs into another man. And here's what the man going to tell her. She runs into a man. And she giving him orders. That's how much respect she has gained. Some people want to be respected because they're loud. Some people, want to be, some people is, are respected because of how quietly they do things well. Now, now look at verse 6. And he says, he, he, And she was sent now she sent and salmon, now, key word now, after she's gained this kind of respect. Now she sent and salmon bear. Woo! It didn't say she called and say, hey, you feel like coming over? It says she salmon him. In other words, I now, since you choose not to lead, come here. And he is the warrior. She's not. She tell him to come. Guess what he does? He shows up. Why? Respect. Respect. Men don't take orders from women very well. I don't know if you ever recognize that. Until you say dinner is ready. (laughs) Come to the table. We on time. Okay? But outside of that, and are you coming in, coming to the bed? (laughs) Yes. Okay? Outside of that, don't take orders very well. Why does this man take orders? He's a passive leader. And he respects her. He respects her. You could see his respect by how he responds. How he responds. Look, look at verse Look at verse 7. And I will draw out. This is what she's telling him is going to happen. Behold, the Lord, the God of Israel has commanded you. I'm following his orders. Go to the march to Mount Taibar And take with, take with you 10,000 men and the sons of Napoli. And from the sons of Zebulun. Take them. Go, these are the people you need to take. I will draw out Sisera. She's telling her, what this is what God is going to do. God is telling you who to take, which family to take, and where to fight this war. The commander of Jabin's army with his chariots and many of the troops will meet you will, will, to the river of Kishon. Now, now, well, just carefully, he's setting up where the war is going to be and she's saying and she's doing it under God's authority. So who is he obeying right now? God or Deborah? God. Because, so that's why Barak is responding because so if Eve at the tree, had said at the tree, come on, Abraham, Adam, this man, is, this snake is talking to us. What do you think I should do here? What do you think should go on here? If she had done that, And hopefully Adam speak up. We would not have sin in the world. But she kept talking on her own, debating God's word with the snake and changing the word of God. Boom, same came. This is a woman who is doing the word of God, judging by the word of God, hearing from God, sticking with what God says, knowing that she's sending 10,000 men to 900 chariots. 900 chariots to a vicious person who will wear them out. But it didn't matter. This is what God said. So who's leading? Deborah or God? That's when a woman takes leadership is when the man isn't doing what God says. And if Eve had stood in the garden and said, no, that's not what God said. Adam, even though he was quiet, would have been led in the right direction she kept speaking and violating the word of God so she brought sin in this woman is leading because she's holding to the scriptures where nobody else is and God must lead it's his country every child is a gift from God every family is his children here's the second thing you see, here's the next thing I don't know what number it is, here's the next thing you see he says this you see here, on how she stepped up, that's what we're dealing with. How did she step up? How did she step up? So God ordered her steps. How did she step up? What is the structure she set up in, in so that she doesn't violate anything that causes her to be outside of God's structure so she's no longer functioning within God's structure to bring God's victory for the nation? So she brings God's victory for the house. Here's what she says. Is what happens. And I will draw out to you, Sesera, the commander of, the, of Jabin's army, with his chariots and many troops to the river of Kishore. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> oh, my goodness. And I will give him into your hand. What, what did he say? I will give him into your hand. Quickly. Anytime the Bible says hands, it means you have control, authority, and power to do what you need to do. I'm going to give him into your control, your power, your authority. Who's giving? God is. The word give means I will permanently establish him to fall into your leadership. I don't care how big his army is, mighty his army is. I'm going to organize this so he falls under your leadership and continues in the way you need him to go. So you don't have nothing to worry about. So who's winning this war? God. Who does he say we are? More than what? Conquerors through Jesus Christ. We could do all things through Christ who strengthens us. He was in us is greater than he was in the world. Is the war over with? Yes. But is the battle over with? No. The war is done. The battle isn't. The issue we have with God is that he's saying, you're a conqueror. You could do it. But we don't want to go to battle. We just want the victory. And God is saying, if you trust me, go to battle. Because the victory, I'm giving it into your hands. I didn't say I'm bringing it into my hands. I'm giving it into your hands. But I am not taking the battle away from you. And ladies, that's just the way it is. That you may see your family are going in a good direction. You may see your family are going in a positive direction. But the Bible is saying, go to battle. I've already given you victory because what you're using is my word. How could my word become void? My word can't become void. You've already got the victory. Just stay in the steps that I've ordered, stick into the steps that I've given to you. Stay within it. Fight the battle. Fight the battle because you've already won it. Just go to war. That's my standard statement. Before there's peace, there's war because war is peace. War is peace. Say, oh, come on. Why do people not attack America? You hit America like the Jap- Japanese did. And it's like waking up an nest. They got stuff all around the world that pop up out of you. They got stuff in the skies that would shoot torpedoes at you. Knock out all your satellites so you can't communicate with your army. They got all that set up in this country. They got secret battle stuffs on the ground in Colorado. All these different places. They do all of this, and those people so know about America, man, before we go there, we, we got to get our stuff together. So many times, before there is a war, the reason what creates peace is this woman's ability to stick with the Scriptures, discipline herself, even though she's married, to walk in the Word of God, to faithfully serve God under a tree. Under a tree. You know how, you know how hot and dry that climate is? She ain't complaining about that, how difficult this is. I got to do what God tells me to do. She did it. Husband may not be right. Uh, The kids may not be right. The job may be messed up. But I'm going to serve God under this tree. I'm going to do what God called me to do right here. Stop being not content, not willing to serve him. He says, no, I ain't making everything pretty for you. Heaven is where you rest. This is where you work. Work while it is day. For night coming, that's when you rest. So sometimes we want it all pretty. We got to have the nice house, the nice car. Thank God you blessing me. No. God is blessing every day. Because he's a good God. This woman don't complain about no tree. Well, God, by this time, you should have given me a house so I could judge all these people in a nice courthouse. And I could be a nice courthouse for you. And make sure you got some air blowing through. No, she didn't care. If this is where I could serve God under a tree, it's under a tree I serve him. If I got to call this man and tell him what God wants him to do, I'm going to tell him the victory is already yours. You just got to go to war, and God going to hand him over to you. I don't even get the credit for this. You get the credit. If you just go to war and do what I say, I'm not trying to take over the war, I'm not to take over the battle I'm not trying to go ahead of you and fight the war for you I'm just saying you go do it you get the blessing the kids look up to you in the house the kids say it's my daddy but but you may organize the house you may manage the money you may do the hard work but you keep your husband high you don't tear him down you keep him high so the kids look up to your husband and say oh my daddy is this my daddy is that because you take his weaknesses and you make them your strengths she didn't complain about the passive men. She, com- she committed to the work of God. And she was willing to do what God says if it means building up another man. So she wasn't struggling with, I got to take over because I'm leading this. I got to be the person who, who manages because ain't nobody doing nothing. So I better do what I got to do. She's not doing that. She's saying, this is what God wants you to do. Here is your job. This is the victory going to give you. Go do it. So sometimes we don't want to just do what God says. We want to run the thing. That's where sin comes in. That's exactly what Satan did. Satan didn't just want to do what God says. He wanted to run heaven. Because I could do this. I could do this. Look at me. Satan wants the power, run heaven. And because he wants to run heaven, God had to do what? Kick him out. It wasn't that he wasn't doing good. Satan was doing good. Satan looks, he could model an angel of light. He knows how to do it. Satan knows the Bible better than all of us put together. But Satan wanted to run heaven. That's why he comes to Christ and tempt Christ. I want to run this thing. Women, that's where the failure comes. Eve, let me tell you what to do. I don't care if this don't fit in the Bible. Do it because you're sitting around here and saying nothing. Sin entered. She doesn't do it. She says, it's yours to do. But this is what God says. And I'm not going to back down until you do it. If you look at the verb tenses, she's talking to him like repetitively. You got to do this. Barak, you have to do it. She's not like, Barak, this is what God says. See you later. Peace. She's like in his face. We have to do what God says. We can't back up from doing what God says. This is not nagging. Nagging is different when a man goes on the rooftop. Okay? This is not na- nagging. Nagging is, is when, just, okay, y'all know nagging. I ain't got to explain it. This is not nagging. This is insisting. Why? I can't take over your role. I can't take over my husband's role. So the only thing left for me to do to make sure God saves a people that has been under oppression for 20 years is to come to you. And I got to keep coming to you because these people are already oppressed and they're already struggling and it's a big problem. A woman will go to her husband and say, our kids are going left. They're going in the wrong direction. Our finances is going wrong. We're not doing what God says. And I'm gonna stay in your face because it got to get done. Because it's God and He must run our house. I remember one of my sons, I can tell you which one, wanted to go to some spring thing that was going on when he got home from college. My wife and I got into an argument about it. I kept saying no he's 20 now I'm not too sure what he's going to do out there but we have to believe in the investment to see what happens and we've made we've made a serious investment in these boys lives thanks to you and and God in us we both have but let us test it don't let us keep protecting them because then they're going one day they're going to get so much freedom they ain't even know what to do with it so we're going back and forth she looks at me. She goes, "Okay, let him go. Okay, I no, don't get twisted. My wife don't play with her babies. Okay. Okay, you know she didn't say you're the head of the house. That's hard words. <laughs> you got to be a mess first, everything going left, and you're the head of the house. Fix it. Oh, that's when I get leadership, Carden Blanche. So he went, but my wife became a CIA agent. She did." And when he came back, let me tell you what he did. Until today, I don't know how she figured it out. Let me tell you what he did. And she gives me a litany of things he did. That's what you want your son doing? I said, no. Didn't know he did that. She goes, well, he did. I ain't going to ask her how she know, because I know my wife has done, she been, she's been a CIA agent forever. She, they would say, mom, I'm not listening to that crazy rap music, and she'll find it. You are she go in drawers. As a matter of fact, they laugh about that to today. On the mattresses. She, they, they, they figured out, we can't hide nothing from this woman. <laughs> just, just stop trying. Okay? She knew every secret place, every place they could hide stuff. In the garage. All this other stuff. She knew when to come home. When they think she's not going to be there, i come up into your house and just stand there and stare at them. Is that godly music? No, mom. So I knew by this time she's a CIA agent she got this down. I didn't argue with her. I went to my son and said, you know our standards, why would you do that? Why would you do that? But It's because she stayed there without ever saying I'm going to talk to him myself because you shouldn't have done this. Now what does that son do? Look to his dad saying Dad, I'm sorry man. I got twisted. I messed up. But it wasn't me. It was her. And I said, no. You shouldn't have gone doing that when you know you got a CIA agent in the house. (laughs) Then he started laughing. I should have known, mom, huh? I said, yep, mom, huh? Now now watch this carefully. So please, ladies, watch how she's doing this. She's only persistent because she can't find a leader, but she doesn't come out of her place. Sarah did. Miriam did. There are people in the Bible that did this. A mess on our hands. As Sophia did it the wrong way. Now look at this. Look at verse 8. This is the problem right here. Then Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you do not go with me, I will not go. That's exactly why she's pushing him. Why? He can't lead. No, no, I'm sorry. He can lead. He doesn't want to. He chose not to lead. He made a decision. I'm not doing this because God obviously works with you. God don't work with me the way he works with you. So since God doesn't work with me the way he works with you, you got to come with me. What does this woman do? She goes to war. You're not getting this. Maybe you are. This woman jumps on a donkey or a horse and go out to war. Why does she do that? She does that because I got to follow God's orders. Please hear me. What makes this woman a leader? His de- deep commitment to do what God says at every cost. This woman goes to war. She's put herself in a war path because she already knows there's victory. She ain't no dummy. She says, I'll go with you. You're going to win anyway, so why not go see the fight and get it over with? I see. She already knows. She ain't stressing. She already knows that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So guess what? Why am I stressing? I go out there with you. I stand there with you because this war is already done. But you just messed up. You lost all the victory. I'm not fighting the war for you, but you gained no vic- no credit for it. None. So, so, so hear me, folks. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Hear me. Watch this carefully. You got to see this. She never fights the enemy. Where do you see Deborah going to fight the other army? Nowhere. She ain't stupid. She ain't going to go pick up no sword as a prophetess, a judge. I'm going to go fight you? Deborah said, no, my husband does that. (laughs) But I'm going to go with you. Watch the words carefully. I'm going with you. I'm not fighting with you. Or I'm not fighting for you. But I'm going to go with you. Uh, You're not praying with me. See, many women want to go with the husband and take over. I'm going to take care of this. You sit down. I got this. (laughs) So they'll go with the husband, but then they tell the husband, sit down. You're all right. I got this. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Okay? That's what they would do, and that's the problem. You could go with the husband, with the person that is in leadership, but you don't take over the leadership because it's their job to still fight it. It's your job to empower them to fight it. But it's not your job to fight it. The minute you get to the point where you're fighting it, you end up bruised. Because God made you to your emotions to nurture a child. He made the man to the brain. You end up more bruised at the end of the fight. Barak goes back. He's a soldier. He's finished. He's done eating dinner. You're sweating. Oh, I just killed this person. i just did. Did. Kind of like my wife and I watching a movie called Ladder 44 or something like that. And she's going, oh, my God. He died and left two kids. I know, baby. No, no. No, 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 no. Listen, he is in Malibu. Probably got a big check. He's... <sighs> this is a movie. He didn't leave no two kids. Oh, you're such a spoil rat. Come on. Could you imagine two kids that don't have income from their dad? De- I mean, she's going on this whole story, and I'm going, it's a movie. He's alive. He went home. He didn't cut a check for him. He's a movie star. It's over. Let's kiss. This is the part where we kiss. It's over. Oh, man, are you serious right now? Yes. God don't say don't go to war, woman. You're worrying about the kids at the house that got a daddy still there. She didn't take her, his place because she's not designed the same way. She accepts it. Women, sometimes are you're stressed out, angry, bitter, mad, want to hate men it's because you empower them but you want to run them and so you're not God has not put you in that place so you're wore out sick tired of these little stupid men I don't even know why I be going to them anyway I don't even need nobody I got a good job I got my own house why am I dealing with anybody anyway I got to go through this again because You're not just trying to empower the man. You're trying to rule him. And he walks off. Stay in your lane. Yep. If you had a rock, you would have shot me. Yep. If you had a gun, I'll be dead. Yep. But I still say it. Let him order your steps. Step up, but stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Now, here's how powerful you end up. Watch how powerful you become. Don't look like I'm going to finish this, but I'll just summarize the rest of it. Because next week I want to do something different. Well, listen, this is how you end up powerful. And I care if I look, I'm care. i writing a book on this. It's taking me forever because I'm sidetracked all the time. I want to write a book. I ain't gave the title of the book because my wife says, "Oh no, not know, that looks sexist. But the, the title right now I have is Leaders in Heels. It's <laughs> the title I got. My wife says, oh, that's sexist. And then I remember she don't like heels all the time. So maybe that's why, I don't know. She likes flats sometimes. <laughs> Until she's next to me and then she tries to look tall by wearing heels. So, girl, you're going to fall over on them stilt things. That's why I would be teasing her sometimes. And she goes, she, just be well, she, has, the, she has the toughest pinch. Man, you, when she finished pinching you, it's like five mosquitoes bit you. Sweet Jesus. That's why sometimes I just stay away from her when I'm teasing her. My God, she got an elbow that God made. Now look at this carefully. I want you to see how you gained headship. Leads, not headship. You gain honor because you stepped up in God's order. Watch the honor. Watch the honor. I had a good father, hands down. I could never say my father bring any woman home, the children or nothing. Father didn't drink, smoke, came home, take care of his family, taught me, like I said, discipline, all this other stuff. But the person that this our family constantly honors is my mother. Look at how that works. You don't lose anything. You gain everything. Watch this. Watch this, ladies. It's not about the position. See, everybody's fighting for the position. Fight for the service, and you'll gain the position. You go the wrong way. The Bible, Jesus Christ, what did Jesus Christ do? He fought for the service. He died like a thief, and he gained the right hand of God. If he had fought and said, well, I'm Jesus, I'm turning the stone to bread. No cryovary. It's service first in the Bible, not position first. In verse 9, he says, and then she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the honor shall not be yours on the journey that you are about to take, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a what? Then Deborah rose and she went with Barak. And God fought the battle for them. He fought the battle. How do you know he fought the battle? Look at verse 13. He says, and, and Sisera called together all his uh, chariots, 900. He's coming out with his chariots. which kept the people under submission to him. And all the people who were with him from, from Harashef, uh, Hag- Hagondim, whatever that is, to the river of Kishon. And Deborah said to Barak, arise, for this is the day. She commanded what? The army to fight. This is it. This is the day. Watch this carefully, she's still sticking with her words. The Lord has given Sisera into your hands. You will not get the honor, but you go to battle, and God will put him in your hands, but you will not get the honor. She's saying, I'm not fighting this for you. Go talk to the kids. Go help pay the bills. Go help do your part of the chores. It is your responsibility to do this. But this is the day you got to do it. Oh, you will look at the words in the Hebrew text, it'll blow your mind. This is the day you got to go out now. Now is the time. Why is she pushing now is the time? Because God is about to send a rain, and that rain will flood the, the, the river of Kiddush, Kishon. And when it floods the river of Kishon, it will make the ground muddy, and the chariots can't get through. Soldiers are washed away. This is your day. You got to go now. Now is the time. Come on, go now. God is fighting for you. Go now. That's why it's not nagging right here. The difference between nagging and this. This isn't nagging. Watch this carefully. And the Lord, look at verse 15. Look at, okay. So Barak went down. The Lord, after he went down, routed Sisera, who's fighting this war, and all his chariots, and all his army, with the edge of the sword before Barak and Cicero alighted from his chariots and fled on foot. Who fought the battle? When a woman sits in her place and does what God called her to do, and keeps doing it. Keep being faithful. No matter how crazy the situation is. No matter how oppressive the circumstances may be. No matter how difficult it is. But I'm going to stay doing what God said. Because he ordered my steps. I'm going to step up because he tells me based on the word of God. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do what God says. God goes to war and he blesses your family. He takes over because at least one person sanctifies the house. First Corinthians chapter 7 says, if I could find one person in the house, I could get them to sanctify the house. I could get them to set this house aside for me to be able to do what I needed to do. And once I get this one person to set themselves aside, to do what I want them to do, I could take care of the house. I'll fight the battle. I'll set up the war. I'll make it happen. I just need one person. And if it happens to be you, woman, do it. But don't get out your lane. Go fight. Go down now. You got to go now before he could ever take up his sword to start killing the soldiers. They were already dead, basically. Because God was the one fighting. He just needed obedience. That's all he wanted was obedience. If you just obey me, I got this just obey me. I got this, just do what I say. I got this. I have just want to see if you're going to have the faith. Yes, you got 10,000 men to 900 chariots. That's a disadvantage. Where could they find weapons? They can hardly find weapons, so you're going at a disadvantage. I want it to be that way because I want to test your faith when things aren't going perfect, when the money is short, when the kids are going this way, when the job is going this way. Will you still do what I say? And if you keep doing what I say when I said you said to me, I I believe in you, Lord. I don't look at my circumstances to do what you say. I look at the word of God to do what you tell me to do because you fight my battles. You win the war. That's your victory. Look at what happens when that happens. Here's the last point. Don't believe that, but I'm trying. Here's the last point. Watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. He runs. Guess who he runs to? A woman who is a part of a tribe, Canaanites, who had peace with him. And he runs to the tent of her husband, who he knows. And he puts the woman right outside the tent. Who's putting the woman outside the tent? God. This woman knows how to hit a peg into the ground. They're a nomadic tribe. Guess what they build? Tents. Guess what you need with a tent? A peg. Guess what you do with the peg? Hit it in the ground. And you move, pick it up and you move again. Hit it in the ground. Pick it up, you move it again. Hit it in the ground. Pick it up, you move it again. Hit it in the ground. God led him straight to that peg-hitting woman. And he comes in her tent and he's giving her orders. And I just thought of this story that we used to sing. (laughs) The spider said to the fly, (laughs) <laughs> come in come in said the spider to the fly she said come on in you said water oh, don't worry about water I'll give you goats milk I'll take it up a notch you got to watch women like that <laughs> you got a godly woman and you got a trickster all at the end of this thing come on in don't worry about your wife I'll do whatever you want that she don't do, I'll do it for you. Got to watch them kind of women. Oh, they tell you all kind of stuff. Your eyes are so pretty. You know your eyes. You look at them in the mirror all the time. You know, she lying to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, she, come on in here. Come on in here. Don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. I'll pay your car note for you. You don't have to worry about that. I got a good job. I'll take care of you. You can stay at this house. Nice house. Nice car. Oh, you need a new car. Let me buy you a new car. Watch the milk-giving woman. (laughs) Watch that milk-giving woman. He come into the milk-giving woman. That's what I'm going to call this woman, the milk-giving woman. Got to watch that milk-giving woman. I'm serious. You, You read the book of Proverbs, Solomon, who had a thousand women, will tell you how he ended up with a thousand that milk-giving woman. <laughs> My dad made me read Proverbs. You got to read Proverbs. Taught me about a woman. He says, learn that. Learn that. I don't know why he was telling me that. And he should have asked him when I get to heaven. Why you tell me to read that and not watch the women? Who women are you? Okay. Verse 20. And verse 20 says, and he, said, and he said to her, stand in the doorway of the tent. And it will be anyone who comes. And he's telling the woman, in her tent. No husband there. She's supposed to not take in stragglers. Uh, and without the husband present, he knows that. But he's running hard. And he says, Is there anyone here that you say, that you shall say no? You, should, you tell them no. Lie. Lie. Woman says, I can handle that. <laughs> and Jail Heber, Heber's wife, she's telling her she's a married woman, just like Deborah. Took the tent to the peg when, he, when he's sleeping, sound asleep. That's when it's dangerous. Person sound asleep, come back, wallet gone, money gone. (laughs) All kind of things gone. (laughs) Your dignity gone. Anything is gone. Could you imagine this woman? He is sound asleep. Watch what God made him do. Run hard. No chariot stuck in the mud. He has to run hard in a hot climate. He runs. Why don't God just keep the rain falling? God is done. Battle is over. Rain stop. I don't need to do anything else. Keep running. I need you to be real tired. (laughs) You got to see God in this. God God is, run, man, run, run, run hard, run hard. And the spider said to the fly, come in. Come in. (laughs) It's okay. Come in. I'll give you milk. I'll give you whatever you need. And this woman, remembering what he has done to Israel, remembering what he has been to the Canaanites, waited her turn and hit that peg straight through his temple. And when she was done, she just stood there. She was done. Why would she do that? She ain't waiting for no warrior captain of a big army to get up to fight her. She'd wait till he sleep. And watch what happens to Barak. And behold, Barak pursued Cicero. the God gave her time because of God's prophecy. Through Deborah, Jael came out to meet him and said, "Come, I know who you're looking for. I ain't following his orders about tell everybody I ain't here. Come, I'll show you the man whom you're seeking." And he entered her tent, entered in, entered her, entered with her, and behold, Cicero was lying dead with a tent peg in his temple. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan. Before the sons of Israel, and the hands of the sons of Israel pressed heavier and heavier upon Jabin and the king of Canaan until they had destroyed Jabin, the king. Then Deborah started off a song, and everybody sung with her. Who received the honor? Deborah and Jael. Because the man refused to be a leader. When he saw the chaos in his family, he refused to lead. He saw it. He saw it. He saw what the Canaanites were doing to his people for 20 years, and he didn't do nothing. The fact that he could call up an army says Barak was a respected military man. He didn't fight back for 20 years. For 20 years, this woman had to sit there and keep doing what God says until the time was right and when the time was right she did it on the time that was right and God gave her honor she could sing the people would join her in a song they had a worship service to God she blessed God because why did she do it she did it for God because God ordered her steps she stayed in her lane when things were going bad she stayed focused when she had to go to war and risk her life she still stayed within the concept of the war and made sure he moved forward and followed leadership and submitted to it but pressed him to go do what God says and when God committed the war, where do you see Deborah anymore? You don't see Deborah anymore. She probably went back to her tree and kept doing what she's supposed to do. She don't see her walking around doing anything but doing what God tells her to do and then she's singing a song. Most likely it's at her tree where the people are gathered doing a worship service before God giving God praise because the victory has been won. She didn't walk around saying, look at me now. I'm the boss now. I did this. God spoke through me. She didn't do that. She went back to her tree, sang a song. If you look at the song, you could see so much about our heart for God because for her, it wasn't about Deborah. It was about ordering my steps to God's steps, letting God do what He wants to do, when He wants to do it, however He wants to do it. It doesn't matter if I'm a wife, it doesn't matter if I'm a prophetess, it doesn't matter what role I'm in. It matters that I do what God tells me to do, when He tells me to do it, and let the battle be His, let the victory belong to Him because the honor and the glory would be given to whom God so chooses. Women, you can't be a leader because God didn't make you less than a man. The issue isn't whether or not you could lead. The issue is how. The disposition, the mindset, it's how. And I pray that we could see with people like this and, and, and Abigail, they led and did great things because they did it the way God said it. You don't have a lack of ability. You don't have a lack of a creativity. You don't have a lack of ability to lead anything. You don't. The issue is how do you stay within God's steps so that they're ordered by him so he blesses you. And at the end of the day, God gives you honor. Don't lose that. Think of the women in the Bible that God honored. They did their job like Lydia. Lydia is the reason why you have the Church of Thyatira. She is the one who started it. Great women in the Bible, but they stayed in the steps that God ordered. Even when things were wrong, they trusted God for the results. Is that harder for some women? Yes. But he's saying, that's your blessing. Let us stand.